Welcome to the Go Big Betcast with Dave, Boomer, Producer Skip, and Redcast Rob. Welcome to the Go Big Betcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Boomer. Well, it's the Hydrox Annual Week. No special teams here to worry about in the Betcast or Redcast, so all is well. That's right. I have my NU hat on right now, Boomer. It's not purple, it's red because we're the real NU. Also with Redcast Rob. Well, my life is a lot like the Big Ten West standings right now, where I'm never quite sure what's going to happen. Anything can happen. Everything is possible. Nothing is possible. Who knows? <laughs> the The Big Ten West is not covering ourselves in glory, right, Boomer? Uh, we could be doing better, huh? Yeah, especially this last weekend was pretty much a monumental dumpster fire for the West. I mean, you had, uh, you know, Fleck and, and the Gophers just completely sank against uh, Bowling Green and one of the worst upsets in recent memory and just inexplicable. You know, we'd always mention the Gophers play to the level of whoever they're playing at. Man, did they prove that in spades there. And then we lost to Sparty and, you know, Wisconsin just did not look all that great. It's not a great week in general, but even, I guess if anything, the, the division's wide open. So even, would you say that Minnesota put themselves or dug themselves a hole? <laughs> oh, oh, oh Rob, you were holding that one back whole week, weren't you? Oh man. Jeez. That was a dad joke. Practically. I'd have to say, wow. Uh, well, you. I, you are right, though. They they did some really boneheaded things in that where P.J. Fleck goes for it on his own, like, 20 uh, sometime in the first half and doesn't convert and gives up a score. They play from behind and uh, just really didn't look good at all. Uh, Wisconsin's offense and Graham Mertz is just – it's like a roulette with that guy. Um, they don't have the typical run game. Um, Rob, I got you on that one last week. I, I took Notre Dame in the six and a half, and I finally beat you head to head on something. And uh, Iowa actually gave us a scare. Skip's pick uh, looked um, iffy there with uh, Colorado State actually up on Iowa for a while. He didn't did didn't win the bet. He, he still lost, I believe. But Iowa did, um, you know, finally break away in the second. So not a not a great week for the Big Ten West, and it is still kind of wide open. Uh, Boomer, let's talk about that Nebraska game a little bit. Um, it's been rehashed on uh, local radio and newspapers all across the state um, and media outlets that cover the Huskers. It's uh, 23 to 20 overtime loss to Sparty, which uh, really is hard to fathom in ways uh, considering how good that defense played. Uh, 12 snaps in the second half, right? Uh, no first downs, a really dominating performance. Uh, Adrian, in many ways, played a, another really good game. Um, a lot of things to point out to how we could lose the game, offensive line play, some boneheaded penalties again, and uh, special teams, right? Your your specialty on our show is special teams, and boy, uh, we could talk uh, for quite a while about what went wrong in East Lansing. Yeah, um, it's kind of – my feelings on the game are kind of how I tweeted you know, shortly after it. Um, you know, we hear all the talk about how this program's, you know, turning a corner. We're just about there. And where I'm at right now, we're just – I'm bringing it up to a more modern and civilized traffic reference, Dave. And this program just seems to be in a roundabout. We're just constantly not quite getting anywhere. We're always circling back to some of the same old problems. Just keep rearing their head. We're never getting out of it and going forward. It's – you know, the offense were churning out tons of yards for very minimal points. Uh, you know, we talked about um, previewing this game. We wanted to, if we could get to about 30 or so, we should win the game. You know, one extra touchdown somewhere in this wins that game for us. So we had tons of yards again. And it just didn't happen. Uh, special teams, that's been, you know, beaten to a pulp this week in every aspect of media, social, regular media. It's just, you cannot do what you did in that game repeatedly. Just seven-yard punts, just a punt to the wrong side of the field where your your team is going. Maybe, you know, maybe the fact he's from Australia, he got confused. They told him just to kick, <laughs> it, to, kick it to the side you drive on, and that got, got he him He said strong. counterclockwise. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe that's what it was. I don't know, but... Yeah, you saw, I saw that punt going, and I saw where it was going to, and you saw the field, and all you could just think of is, oh, no. You, you knew where that was going. There was no line there. drive, too. It was like right yeah. at him. I mean, like, yeah, and it, they, he had so many blockers in a lane. You just you could see it coming, and you just can't have that. You just you waste a great performance from a defense that if you just threw the stats out in front of anybody, 
there was no reason to lose that game. And it's just in, incredible that we find ways to do that. It's I, I, sometimes you just don't know what to say. And, yeah. 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 I, mean, I think that's... circling the roundabout, you know, big Ben in parliament again, kids. So. <laughs> that's, that's right. Uh, Rob, I, I think Boomer is onto something there just in the sense of like, even the national media is like, this is somewhat absurd. I mean, like how, how well Nebraska play that game defensively and offensively you you look at the stats and like you, know, you post 450 yards of offense um you hold your opponent to to no first downs in the second half it, you just don't lose games like that right but uh sure enough uh, we figured out a way to do it i mean literally in the history of football defenses that play as well as nebraska's playing carry teams to win you know yeah. and, and that is like traditionally you know you say it's like the best offense is a good defense right and and it's and and you would think that 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 would translate to nebraska and it just feels like this is just our luck right now i i mean build the statue maybe i don't know like somebody needs to do something it does seem like a curse almost it, right? it, it really does i'm like i'm like all right who brought the goat into the game like you know like <laughs> That's I just keep waiting for for something like that to happen. And and trust me, I have spent my life rooting for teams that just seem to continue to have epic failure. Okay. And maybe it's my fault. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we can blame me. Well, Rob, a lot of people tried to blame me for attending away games, but well, and then I started but, but then you started inviting me to those games and they still haven't won a game I've attended. So I don't know if it's just like <laughs> ipso facto, like by extension. I handed off the curse to you somehow. And, you know, you're the one that introduced me to the red cast and, and That's so right. then, and I, maybe I'm carrying on your tradition. I have no idea. I, but at, at this point, you know, David, it, I, I hate to say it, but every week it's like i get excited i get excited i was like almost to tears i was so happy that that i was like oh my god they're gonna win this game they're gonna win this game and then i saw that punt go into the air and i saw the direction of the guys running down the field and then i saw the guy who caught the ball and i almost cried <laughs> yeah no i understand i mean i i think that's a really good point rob in the sense and I think i've heard i've you know listened to a lot of the local media shows and and whatnot and and the weird you know conversations we're having this week are are it's mixed in the sense that everybody it's hard not to acknowledge you just really saw a really good defensive performance maybe the one of the best defensive performances in nebraska's put out in a decade practically right um, and you're excited to see what that might look like for the next six or seven weeks, because it does seem like that would put us in a lot of games here in a big 10. That seems like, uh, it's going to be slugfest no matter what. Um, it, and two, you're seeing a quarterback that is, you know, nine times out of 10 performing relatively well, even though we'll get to the offensive line here in a little bit, uh, is putting under being put under a lot of, uh, duress. Um, so it, it, I could see where you were getting excited watching that game because you're like, this is a really good defense and the offense might be just good enough to start scoring 27 points a game. And that's going to start winning us a lot of games. And sure enough, they only score 20. And, um, and somehow the special teams, the third component of this um, completely uh, blows the game for us. It's, it's really a fascinating study. Really, It, it really is too. And, and if you've ever sat and watched a football game with me, which you have, Dave, but if anybody, anybody out there, any of our listeners were to ever sit and watch a game with me, when the offense is on the field, that's, I mean, I'll get up, I'll go into the kitchen between plays, I'll just be like doing things, watching the offense, just expecting points, right? Like because offenses score points and, and I know it's going to happen, but when the defense is on the field, man, I am focused. I'm standing there staring at the TV. I'm actually standing out of my seat. I'm, you know, I'm yelling at the screen, get him, get him, get him. I'm watching, you know, the defensive ends. I'm watching the cornerbacks go down the field on their coverage to see if they're holding a guy. Defense is really my favorite aspect of the game. And so I was, uh, I was so excited. And, and you're right. There's a lot that this team is going to, they're going to keep us in games. And I think that's, what's important. We just got to figure out the other small details because the defense will keep us in these games. Yeah. Well, Boomer, before we move over to the offensive line, which um, garners its own discussion, like special teams wise, 
let's talk about two things really quick here. Um, because I know this is the bet cast, but um, we're kind of doing double duty these days. Um, let, let's talk about the special teams and the punt return issues as well as the, the punt itself, right? So the punt return situation, there's been a, a lot of really great numbers and stats pushed out there about how many like lost yards essentially we had um, off of our punts compared to their punts. And then the ball hitting the ground or rolling, right? Samari Ture, I believe, let at least three punts hit the ground. Um, and there was instances where just catching the ball um, puts us probably close to midfield opposed to our own 20, right? And, you know, Samari Ture hadn't been doing this until a couple of weeks ago. Um, we start the season with Cam Taylor Britt as our, or apparently our primary uh, punt returner. Um, they gave him every opportunity in the world to prove that he could he could do it. Apparently, he was doing it in practice, but he had three drops um, in games. Um, my understanding is number two on their depth chart was Oliver Martin. He's been injured since the Illinois game. He's back this week. Maybe this is solved. Um, somehow, I, I think Brody Belt is on the list somewhere, but uh, Torre displaced him as the number three guy, <laughs> and I think Will Nixon might be on the list somewhere, but Will didn't make the travel roster. So we only had two punt returners essentially on Saturday night. And even after the second uh, ball rolls, they still don't feel like they can put Brody Belt in or, or something. I don't know exactly, but I mean, like, I mean, how do you perceive a punt return depth chart that looks like Nebraska's where we really don't have anybody that, that the fans or the coaches seem to have much confidence in? Yeah. I, I guess I'm not sure what to make of, the the disconnect from what we have we're told you know from practice to the game you know we, we hear it in all the aspects of special teams that the kickers are kicking really great and the receivers are making great catches and returning the ball but then when you get to the the actual game atmosphere you've got you know harold lloyd back there from michigan state hunting <laughs> and they're going 60 some yards and rolling another 20 because you know the guys we put back can't field it's and you know, and, you know, like you mentioned, and we talked about this before the Redcast, you know, we've had, you know, we, we wanted Cam Taylor Britt back there as a starter, didn't seem to produce for whatever reason, you know, cost us points against Illinois, you know, with a, with a you know, kind of a mental error in the punt game. And we just haven't seemed to find that backup, whether it's for injury or just not sure who we have back there. I think you put Torre back there. I think that's just a he's probably the most dynamic receiver we have currently that's playing, you know, he's the most productive and just thinking who's the best athlete we have remaining that we can sure. stick back there with any confidence. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that's why they put him back there at this point. So I don't know, you know, what, what the other option is. I'd be curious what they do if we ever face a rugby style kicker again, and we need two guys back there. I mean, who's the other one going to be? I, I don't know. I mean, it, it could be coming. Yeah. yeah which is certainly possible. There, yeah. There's several teams that, you know, in the big 10 that use that kind of format. So I don't know. I, I wish I had a better answer on the punt team. I, I, I wish, you know, I'd, I'd like to think somewhere in that big roster of 150 players, there's somebody back there with some punting experience or punt return experience, excuse me, that, you know, I, I never thought I'd long for the days of, you know, Panico just to catch it fall forward for a yard. There is the name I knew was going to come out. Yeah, but that's where we're at right now. I just, I wish we had that, you know, that would save us quite a bit of yardage in a game and make things a little easier on the offense. So they're not having to go a hundred and some odd yards for every touchdown they get, but. Yep. That's right. That's right. Well, with the, the punt then, it was like talking the punt, right? It's like uh, the drive or the fumble or the, the punt now Um, that Daniel Turney, um, put uh, to the left side of the field and Jalen Reed returned uh, for a touchdown uh, while the entire, um, you know, punt defense goes to the right. Only reason he's out there is because William Presup um, hits a seven, seven yard punt earlier in the game. And the coaching staff is frustrated that they, you know, have guys on the roster that are supposed to be able to punt the ball uh, with reasonable, um, you know, execution and a seven yard punt um, gets you benched. Um, so they, they put in uh, Cherney and um, he, he kicks it the wrong direction. It, besides kicking it the wrong direction, which is obviously a mistake. It, I don't know if you, have you watched the replay on that? Um, it's just really interesting that uh, there was no one really on, on Nebraska that was on that side at all. I, I think uh 
Colton Feist was over there and he had to do a little bit, but bigger question was where was, where was actual Daniel Cherney actually on that? Because I mean, he'd be the last line of defense, right? He could at least slow the guy down. Yeah. I would have been curious to see where he was on that. Uh, the, the, you know, the shots I saw in the replays, you never got a good view of where he was, but he might've been, you know, checking flights back to Australia after that kick. I don't know <laughs> what it was, but uh Maybe maybe that's it. Maybe that's why we're getting such you know great returns in practice when you know the average punt is seven yards and you know somebody's catching it just a few yards away and yeah, or net is a lot better. But it's easy yeah, to I, to follow the football off the punter's foot when it only travels yeah, seven yards. Yeah, when it's only going a few yards, barely clearing the line. It's just yeah, I don't know. That's just that's just a microcosm of all the things that have just gone wrong for this program that could. It's just you you never think that this is going to be the next way something could go awry and. They, they magically find ways. Rob, that punt, that punt was so bad that even the TV cameras went to where the punt should have landed. Yeah. And then a few seconds later, they had to go back. Like you saw them move the camera back to where the punt actually landed. And I'm going, did that go out of bounds? What, where is, where's the punt? Like, yeah, maybe he thought he was playing Australian rules football and passing it to the other team. <laughs> well, I thought it was one of those things where like the the other Sparty receivers like faking he was going to catch it and that kind of drew our, our punt team to that side of the ball first. But no, he didn't. He was just kind of standing there and wondered why everybody was charging at him. And, you know, yeah. the other guys just catching the ball. And it, Yeah, I know, saw Boomer? I saw some tweets on, on that actually the this week and I sent that over to you, Boomer, and you sent me the replay and, and you were like, I just don't see it. And I watched it too and said, I don't see it either on one part. Like I saw the guy kind of wave his hand off to the side, but that was almost kind of like a nervous tick waiting for the, you know, thinking the ball was going to come to him, which it never did. Um, but no, there was no signal for a fair catch there. You know, Boomer, maybe he was um, more fixated on the uh, grand final of Aussie rules football, which I believe was last uh, Saturday or Sunday. So that, that could be it. It was, but I think, but if he was I think that's Killa the explanation. Fan, yeah. So. Yeah, I think Melbourne uh, uh, took home the, the title there. It Rob's wasn't, uh, wasn't North Melbourne no, Ruse finishing last place on the they, table. They did. Like I said, it's my fault. Nowhere to go but up, oh. though, Rob, right? That's well, right. let's talk about offensive line just a little bit, um, and then we'll get to our bets. Um, you know, it sounds like there may be some some changes afoot there. We'll see what happens. I mean, uh, speaking of just, just extraordinary um, numbers, you know, like – every position gets scored and rated these days. And I mean, it sounds like a couple of our offensive linemen are like absolutely worse in the country and, and pass protect and all these different things. Crazy stats about how many times uh, Adrian was, was pressured uh, with just four rushers from Michigan state, which leaves seven guys back. Um, it's a concern going forward um, just as much as the special teams, if not more, because it's going to be as hard to fix, I would guess. Um, so we may see some fresh faces out there, um, more competition, but I, I don't know how we're going to see a significant improvement like, unless if I can channel honky here a little bit, we continue to be more diversified with our run attack and do things that, and, and pass protect that gets Adrian out of the pocket and runs outside the tackles, essentially gets those guys moving opposed to just trying to, um, uh, you know, run those, uh, uh, crease uh, runs that we like to talk about. Rob, what do you think? What's the solution for the O-line? Well, I do. I agree a lot with um, Honky's assessment, uh, which he's constantly, constantly, uh, you know, chirping at us throughout yep. all the games is feel free to, you know, roll out the quarterback, you know, feel free to roll them out. And when you roll them out, don't roll them out to the opposite side of the hand that he throws as well. So when you're, when you're rolling a guy out, don't, you know, don't roll them out to the, you know, to, to the right and then have him be looking left to receivers. And it just felt like every time Adrian did try to roll out, the play just wasn't designed for that specific rollout. And I mean, that's, that's really all you're going to have to do. And, and I know Dave, you're going to laugh at me, but a perfect example of this right now, and it feels like there's such like, you know, so, so many things that are like concurrent right now is um, even in the NFL, you watching like my team, everyone knows. Here I'm comes Raiders the Raiders fan. reference, but, but with a run game that is lacking because Jacobs has been out for, for the Raiders the last couple of weeks, 
short passes for runs. They've been substituting it. You listen to the announcers on the TV. They talk about it. These quick passes to the outside that are essentially just a run play, but instead of handing the ball off, they're passing it. And I hate to say it almost like a screenplay or like a, a short pass that goes for four or five yards down the field. And you do enough of those and it substitutes the run game and they've got to start working in plays like that for this team. And well, that's Rob, what's going to happen. I mean, we can't have too short of a memory because I would say about 12 months ago, well, all we could complain about were these short um, lateral passes to Wandell that these went aren't, nowhere. These wouldn't be lateral passes though. And Wandell too, compared to what we've got now is a whole different story. Wandell's a great athlete. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like we've got a whole different set of players out there and a whole different style of play that this team has been doing. And I'm not saying that they have to be a bunch of screen passes like that, but just like maybe quick short passes, even if they're just like two or three yards upfield too, just mm -hmm. things like that where, and it's a rollout play. Cause again, a screen pass is what they, they there's no rollout involved there. Even if it's the option too honky loves the option let's keep running some of those triple option plays anything to to get adrian moving downfield instead of standing behind that line or getting him moving into open space to where he can get it to a receiver that's what they need to do because what did you say 66 percent of the plays or something he was under pressure something like that yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, some crazy number might as well have been 100 percent because it felt like it Right. Yeah. And he was sacked seven times, seven times. I mean, it, they've got to do something to open up the offense. They yep. have to. Well, we'll, uh, we'll see if they can do something this week. And they do have homecoming, a night game on BTN versus Northwestern. We'll get to that to the end of our, our picks. Uh, let's uh, dive into these big 10 uh, games. And uh, I think we have eight this week. We're starting to see more big 10 versus big 10 action. So it's starting to, to whittle down a little bit uh, and then we'll get to our best bets. Uh, we do have a Friday night Big Ten game, guys, and it is uh, the highly ranked uh, Iowa Hawkeyes who survived an upset bid from the Colorado State Rams um, going to Maryland, uh, taking on the Terps, who are also 4-0. Um, maybe not quite as impressive a resume as Iowa, though, uh, but a very tight spread here. Uh, Boomer, I... I I still can't believe it's uh, only a, a three point spread in favor of Iowa over under at 47 and a half. Uh, what are you thinking here on this Friday night game? Yeah, I'm going to be just be fascinated to watch this because this is a good test for Iowa and Maryland's just always kind of outside, almost good enough to win games, make that big play, but never have. So I, I don't know if I trust either of these offenses enough to really stormy one way or the other i mean i was defense is great maryland has more offense but they seem to struggle against better teams i i'm not gonna put money on this but if i had to i'd probably say iowa could probably eke out maybe like a four point win out of it so depending what spread you get yeah i mean yeah it's really intriguing if you think about it and we have a a ranked iowa team highly ranked top five iowa uh, far as I know, Maryland's not ranked yet, right, guys? No, but they're four and zero too, so it's kind of yeah, they're four and zero. Yeah, but I mean, it's a three point spread, and you have a top five team. Um, it's it's it is a, a amazing. I mean, I feel I'd normally jump on all over this, but you're right. I, I don't know if I trust Iowa to uh, you know you know take care of business, right? I mean, like they could be looking forward to the Penn State game. You yeah. know, Rob, Iowa, Penn State's a kind of a classic matchup they always play each other it's almost like us in Ohio State except those games actually are are good go back and forth um so you know maybe Iowa could be looking forward a little bit on that um I don't know maybe the under at 47 and a half is the appease in play what are you thinking um well personally I I think that again this is one of those games where it'll be interesting to see because Maryland's offense I, I know Boomer said that it's questionable. I mean, yeah, they've played the likes of like Kent State, West Virginia, um, Illinois, even, um, you know, but they are averaging about, oh, God, what, 37 points a game or something along that. Yeah, right they now. played Illinois. They got 20, though. They're, they're 500. They're 500 yards of offense a game is what the, is what they're putting up right now. Their passing game, you know, nine yards a pass. Um, they're rushing for four and a half yards. Um, you know, and, and Maryland's so intriguing too, with, uh, 
with a Tagliavoa at quarterback. Um, he's back, if I if I recall right. He played yep. last week. So, I mean, it's it's one of those games where it almost like you said, Dave. It feels like a trap game for um, for Iowa. But that being said. I bought the spread down to two and a half on it on Friday night. I have a Friday night parlay that I did. I bought the spread down to two and a half and I took Iowa. Yeah. Now that would be the right play. I think uh, is I would say either take the under uh, because Iowa, I think is four no on unders this year um, or uh, get it down at two and a half and and take the Hawks. Yeah. Both teams are three and one against the spread for those of you that, that want to hear us say that sort of thing. They're both three and one against the spread. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a good game. Four and O teams playing three and one against the spread. Both of them, Iowa traveling to Maryland. I think that's why the spreads as low as it is. I still bought it down to two and a half. So. Yeah, I get that hostile College Park Maryland crowd. So that's right. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I'll I'll counter my my support of Rob there. I mean, if you want to make be an argument, try to argue this a little bit. I feel like either is good. Iowa's probably going to blow them out or they could lose, right? Boomer, I feel like that's how Iowa usually does stuff like that, right? So yeah, it typically does, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're really feeling it, maybe it's just take the Iowa money line or or take the Maryland money line and see if, you know, roll the dice. I don't know. I don't yeah, realistically, know. too, what you could see happening is Maryland going up by two or three scores, and does Iowa really have the offense to catch up to something like that as well? Yeah, so, no, it's a good point. Because Especially Maryland's really explosive on offense. They can be really explosive on offense when, when they need to be, so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that'll be a good Friday night game to watch. I'll enjoy that. Um, let's see. Uh, Saturday morning, uh, early games. We've got a, a slate of three early games. We'll start with our, our good friends in Champaign, Illinois, hosting Charlotte. Um, this is a game that, uh, you know, we were like, yeah, it's not even a, a, a gimme for Illinois when we were talking about the preseason picks. Um, Illinois, after beating Nebraska, have lost four in a row now. Charlotte is three and one. Uh, but I see Illinois as a ten and a half point favorite right now, over under at 53 and a half. Um, I, I got no clue, guys. I mean, do I really trust Illinois to cover ten and a half against anybody? No, Remember? I, no, I don't either. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, that's a big spread for a team that hasn't done a whole heck of a lot since week zero. <laughs> but uh yeah that's that's a lot of points and, I, and charlotte's not terrible I mean, they're not a great team but uh you know they're not utsa worthy but i think they're good enough to maybe keep it close closer than 10 and a half points so i mean illinois will probably win but this will be like a seven eight nine point win i think for him but I, I wouldn't bet it though so just yeah yeah you never know with these games it's just so weird so rob I have no idea, honestly. I have no idea. So, um, yeah, I, I think we can just move on from that one because I'm not even touching it. All right. All right. That's a uh, Big Ten foot pole right there. Hey, hey Rob. Yeah. Um, well, a, a far more interesting early game is uh, the Fox uh, Big Noon kickoff, and that is a Michigan at Wisconsin, uh, looks like uh, 14th rate Michigan, who, you know, scuffled with Rutgers there, especially in the second half. Uh, Wisconsin team that's one and two um, with a kind of a really a bad loss in Notre Dame where they just got beat down in the fourth quarter. Graham Mertz became a turnover machine. Um, but um, even though Michigan opened up as the favorite in this, uh, Wisconsin is now a two-point uh, favorite at home over under at 43 and a half really low number uh rob are you jumping on this one at all i am i'm gonna i'm gonna take uh michigan to cover that two-point spread and i'm also gonna take the over i think michigan covers about three quarters of that on their own um i i just did not see anything out of wisconsin that gives me any faith they should be favored in this game so far michigan's been having a heck of a year so that's where i'm going with this one yeah no i i hear you i just don't trust graham mertz one bit boomer your thoughts no, this is one of my bets of the week. I don't know what people are seeing in Wisconsin. They're like the the Dollar Tree version or the Hydrox version of Nebraska uh, this week. They're you know their defense plays well, but dear God, their offense is terrible. And special teams makes critical errors, and they they don't have enough firepower to to make up for any of that. So 
that's yeah that's michigan wins that i think straight up so yeah that's one of my picks of the week bed michigan there yeah i just i can't see wisconsin's offense doing enough they graham mertz turns the ball over too much i think their wide receiving core and ferguson as a tight end is is okay um the running backs aren't special like we usually expect it was kind of running back to be offensive lines okay again um i think the defense is very good and this will probably be a low scoring game um but michigan has some explosive players and can run the ball and will continue to pound them you know i think harbaugh has changed his philosophy there quite a bit and uh will be an intriguing watch so uh, other morning game uh, is Minnesota trying to bounce back from that disaster performance versus Bowling Green um, against the Purdue Boilermakers, who are three and one. I don't know if I really trust Purdue whatsoever, but apparently uh, some folks do because they are two and a half point favorites over the Golden Gophers. Who would have thought that beginning of the year over under at 47 and a half? Uh, Boomer. Like I've said every week on this, Minnesota plays exactly at the level of whoever they're playing. Uh, you got Purdue at home. That's probably where they're getting two and a half. You bet however you want on this Redcasters. I would have want nothing to do with this either way. I guess maybe Minnesota gets Bell back this week. He, he got hobbled in that Bowling Green game that probably, you know, switched their offense up. But bet however you like. If you want to bet it at all, I'm not touching this in, in the slightest. Yeah. Rob? This is my I wouldn't touch it with a big 10-foot pole game of the week um yeah i i I have a feeling though that this could end up being like minnesota and their game against colorado where for some reason they seem to come out and put it all together and keep purdue you know held down throughout the entire game um or it comes down to like a 17 16 win for whoever it is that comes out victorious in this one yeah i hear you yeah i mean it, it, it we're at the stage of the season where you have uh, four or five games to look at and you can see sometimes two different teams, right? And you don't know why Minnesota beat Colorado so bad. Um, and was Minnesota that good that day or was Colorado that bad? Colorado lost Arizona State this last week. And um, I think it might've been the Colorado part of that equation, not the Minnesota part. Um, but, I, you know, we'll probably know a lot more in the next couple of weeks before we play Minnesota where these guys are at. If they lose to Purdue, that's going to start to look like more and more like a must-win situation for Nebraska um, as we go forward. Uh, all right. Um, afternoon games. Ohio State uh, goes to Piscataway uh, against the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Um, Greg Schiano's bunch um, kind of started slow last week, but came back and made a very good game out of out of Michigan. Boomer, you said you thought you almost thought Rutgers should have won that game. Well, they get another crack at a, a, a ranked foe here, the Buckeyes uh, trying to kind of get back over the hump and start playing like the Ohio State team that we had expected. 15-point uh, favorites, 58-and-a-half is the over. Um, do you think they can cover that, or do you think Rutgers has got another one in them? Uh, Rutgers is scrappy enough to keep that, I think, below that over. I don't know if they'll cover the spread or not, but I think it'll be kind of a lower scoring game. Just, uh, I, I, it's not one of my bets of the week, but I, I want to see what Shiano and the Scarlet Nets do on that. They played Michigan pretty scrappy and Ohio State's looked vulnerable at times. So it should be interesting at least just as a academic exercise. <laughs> Rob. I mean, if you're going to take this, I, if you're going to go, I would say you could take Rutgers uh, to, to cover or buy down um, the spread to like 13 and a half um, for Ohio state. Um, the over under, oh, man, that's a, I don't know, man. I haven't seen anything really out of Ohio state's offense yet that I absolutely love where I'm super confident with them with a good defense, i.e. the Oregon game. So yeah, um, yeah. they failed to know. cover last week versus Akron. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I don't know. I, and I'll take the under, maybe take Rutgers at, at plus 15 and, move on with your life yeah yeah this is not as, as attractive of a ohio state bet as we've seen before um so I, i'm probably gonna, gonna avoid it myself um uh, here's an out of conference matchup michigan state now ranked 17th which seems ridiculous <laughs> since since we know um if we had those guys one more time right um but uh they are taking on the hilltoppers of western kentucky uh 
in uh, Western Kentucky. They had uh, Indiana last week, right, Boomer? That is correct. It was close, 33-31, but yeah. Hoosiers prevailed. Yep. There you go. So Western Kentucky, I think, can can play a pretty good game. They they uh, really good passing offense, um, but will they have enough defense to actually slow down uh, Kenneth Walker like Nebraska? I don't know about that. Um, it looks like a spread of 11 for Michigan State and over under at 64 and a half, a pretty big number, being honest with you, for a Big Ten game. Um, obviously, some of that's coming from Western Kentucky. Uh, Rob, what do you think, man? Um, I'm going to take the under on this one, and I'm actually going to make this my upset of the week and say Western Kentucky um, wins this game outright. Really? You're just thinking Michigan State's like right I, for an upset now? From what I what I saw of Michigan State last week, um, unimpressed. Um, either that or I'm just going to be proven that Nebraska's defense is as good as everyone thinks it is. Yeah. You know, so maybe that's the case. Who knows? Yeah, maybe Michigan I mean, hey, State you'll... comes in in there and blows them out, like you said. I mean, they do average. They did average over two hundred some fifty yards of uh, running game before they met up with uh, the mighty Nebraska defense, black shirts. So, um, you know, who knows? But I still, I don't know. Maybe there's just a downer here. Western Kentucky pulls this one off, and we're all laughing because, you know, once again, a lesser team beats a team that we should have beat. Yeah, this is a, what you'd call a money line sprinkle, I guess, then, Rob, right? Because your money line is plus 330 on uh, Western Kentucky. So if you put a $100 bet down, you'd win 330. If you were just, you know, you put a, a you know, 10 bucks down, you're going to win 33. So you, you, you could make some real profit here if you really think Western Kentucky can pull that off. All right, uh, let's uh, look at um, – we're into the night games now. That was That's an evening game, just like Nebraska. But the only one before Nebraska is Indiana versus Penn State. Uh, looks like uh, Penn State favored by 12.5, over under 53.5. Everybody remembers last year's game. Uh, Michael Penix uh, won that in a very controversial touchdown call. Um, kind of Penn State kind of spun out of control there for a few weeks after that. And uh, – and uh, Indiana obviously went off to have one of their, their best seasons. So um, what do you guys think here? Penn State at home, a night game, revenge versus Indiana, uh, favored by a little under two touchdowns. Well, I'm going to take Penn State on this one. Um, I think they're going to just take Indiana to the woodshed. This is going to be a revenge game, I think, face it from last year. And um, I just don't see – Indiana even being in this game, Penn State, I've, the way that I've seen their defense play this year and, and even against somebody, you know, whether it's Wisconsin or any other game. I, yeah, Dave, I think this is going to be a revenge game for Penn State this week. Um, you know, they're favored by 12 and a half, which is under two scores. Um, I think they cover that easily. I think, uh, you know, last year their loss to Indiana kind of shocked everybody um, there in that in that COVID shortened season. Um, you know, Indiana went on being a ranked team. Penn State kind of went downhill. They even lost to Nebraska last year. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, things Penn State has to prove. Um, you know, they're 4-0 right now. They're going to come out of this game 5-0. and um, I would stay away from the uh, over-under on this. It's 53-and-a-half. Um, I don't think Penn State lets Indiana get more than, like, maybe 10, 13 points in the entire game. Um, you know, I think that they have a point to prove in this one. I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Boomer? Yeah. Penix hasn't been as impressive this year as he was, you know, the last couple of seasons, Indiana just kind of seems to be, I just, they're just not the dynamic kind of exciting team they had been the last couple of years and Penn state's got some things rolling and they've got, I mean, they've probably got a good a shot as they've had in a while to win the win the Big Ten in the East, especially. Yeah, right. yeah, so, you know, this is a game they can't let slip. So, yeah, I think Penn State would probably cover this if if I was putting money on it. So, but, yeah, go Lions in this one. So. Yeah, the more I think about it, the more I I'm, I think this might be a pretty attractive pick, actually. So I might, I might actually put a, a unit uh, on here after all. All right, well, that gets us to uh, the Nebraska-Northwestern game. Uh, Northwestern comes into Lincoln. Uh, this is a series ever since the big uh, Nebraska joined the Big Ten that's been back and forth. Uh, Northwestern's had uh, better Nebraska the last few times. Uh, but Northwestern, as uh, we kind of expected, definitely down this year. They are 2-2, two and two, but their, their victories are 
um, not exactly against um, top ranked foes. Um, and so they lost to Michigan State, lost to Duke. Um, offense looks awful. Um, and Nebraska is favored by 12 now on this. Boomer, I think this opened up at like eight, like on yeah, some, some yeah. places. Yeah, it opened at eight, and I, I would have hammered this when it opened at eight. Twelve, yeah, you're kind of pushing a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, and, and that's been creeping up steadily. I mean, it went quickly up to 10, 10 and a half, and now even today it's got up to 12, um, over under at 51 and a half. That's just a big number. This is typically a, a one-score game, but that's how, how poorly Northwestern has looked, and that's what the, kind of the metrics look like. So. Um, I mean, Boomer, you're you're saying you still don't like it at 12, though, right? You might take the under. I, you never know. Yeah, it's just like we we covered all the reasons beforehand. You, you know, special teams can screw up. And, <laughs> no, really? Yeah, and uh, you know, the old line just questions. You know, God forbid you'd hate to see you know Martinez get hurt or something like we were all worried about. You know, that first drive of the, the party game, just the amount of hits he's been taking. You know, something like that could go awry, and you know. Yeah. Game could be closer than it thinks. I, I just don't think Northwestern is going to be able to score much in this game. So I think they we'll shouldn't. be able to eventually just win just by default. So you, you might play the under on this, actually, if you're looking at a Nebraska Northwestern. But again, I don't bet Nebraska games just for just out of principle. So, but if you did, I, I might consider the under on this. I just don't think Northwestern is going to put up a whole lot of points. So you'd be counting on Nebraska to try out a lot to, to, to cover that. So, yeah. Rob, uh, you know, you mentioned the uh, record against the spread or ATS, uh, something that I always like to look at, especially when you start getting in a month or two into the season where you really start to see how teams perform against uh, the Vegas odds makers. And uh, Nebraska is now four and one. Um, it's only the Illinois game that they failed to cover. Um, but this number is a, 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 a bigger, bigger number to hit. Um, you think they can make it five and one? All right, Dave. So every week there's an eye roller from you for me with my picks because I go with my gut or I do something and I say some absurd thing. And so far, I would like to say that I am 4-0 against, against um, or 4-0 with my gut, I should say, this season <laughs> okay. so far. All right. um, I will not be watching this game. Um, I have tickets to a concert at Red Rocks. I'm going to go see Omaha's own 311 on Saturday night. And um, therefore... Nebraska is probably going to have the game of their lives this week <laughs> because I will not be watching. Now I will be listening on the Husker radio network on the app. Um, and I will be listening on the radio up until the time the concert starts. Cause we'll get in early. We're going to go in, get our posters, um, you know, do, do our normal 311 thing. My wife is probably one of the biggest 311 fans you'll ever meet. I like the band a lot too. Um, but, you know, I'll be listening to the game up until the time the concert starts and I will be turning it off and putting it away and thinking about happier things in life. So, um, you know, as, a, uh, as, as Nick Hexham likes to say, I'm going to be loving my life and staying positive. So um, I would say Nebraska, take everything with them. Take the over, take them to cover the spread. You know, take them to be three and three at the end of the night and and rest well knowing that the curse of Rob will not be there. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm hoping that you get a, a rendition of like uh, one of the early uh, 311 songs like uh, Omaha Stiley or something like that. Right. Um, that, that should be a, a, a great show, but I would rather be watching Northwestern lose to Nebraska. So we'll, we'll see where it goes. Uh, all right, guys, um, let's uh, go around the room and see what our other best bets of the week are. Uh, Boomer, you usually have a uh, far-flung parlay of some sorts. What do you got this week? Oh, I don't know. You could parlay this if you want to, but uh, otherwise, you know, outside of Michigan uh, over Wisconsin, um, I would take uh, Boston College versus Clemson. That's a Clemson's getting 16 point, you know, a 16 point favorite on that. I'm not sure Clemson scores 16 points a game. I mean, I'm surprised. That <laughs> they that that yeah. yeah. So I, and Boston College are, what are they, 4 0 or 5 0? I mean, they, they're playing okay. I think they can keep that close enough. I, that just seems like a heck of a lot of points for Clemson that hasn't turned out a lot. So, Give me Boston College on that one. And then uh, as distasteful as it is, uh, Texas is minus five against TCU. I think they win that by a touchdown. So 
you can go ahead and put money on Texas on that one. So, yeah. but yeah, those right. those would be my three picks of the week. So, all right, I like it, Rob. Well, I got myself a nice little Friday night parlay. Uh, um, I do have the um, Iowa money line. Rob, Rob, really quick, uh, yeah. you've had some some really phenomenal success with these parlays this year. I don't know how you're doing it. I lost a parlay last week, a money line parlay because of Minnesota, a thirty point favorite. It was the biggest spread upset since 2012 yet you win parlays and win hundreds of dollars how do you do it um i don't play with my heart i'm actually doing a lot of uh research and looking at a lot of these things and not like you know from the toilet research that a lot of people claim to be doing these days i'm just looking at things that are like simple things um you know i'm taking iowa on the money line this week right in this parlay because sometimes with the parlay just because the money line might be like minus 165 which on a normal bet okay if you're just doing a single bet on that sure if you want to win a couple bucks that's fine but if you're going to parlay it you know these parlays start to just use all these different mathematical formulas to put it together and then so you know you just kind of got to think of it that perspective i'm I'm 100% positive that Iowa wins this game. So I'll take them on the money line. The next game that I have is the over 55 with Houston and Tulsa, two high scoring offenses. I think, you know, each team averages well over, you know, 25, 27 points a game, something like that. You do the math in your head. You think, okay, these teams have their average offensive night, you know, and even if one team kind of goes off for a little bit more and scores 45, well, the other team only needs to put up another 10 points, which they could probably do. So I took the over at 55 on the Houston Tulsa game, parlayed that with the Iowa money line. And now I go on and I look at BYU playing Utah State. All right. You know, I think BYU is minus nine versus Utah State. Um, BYU is a good team overall. No, I don't, I don't think they're ranked or anything like that. They might still be ranked. Who knows at this point, I don't even pay attention to BYU. So they probably are ranked. ranked. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it's a good team playing a not so good team and they're getting nine points. Um, and it's weird because they're on the road at Utah state. So it's an in-state game too, right? Is there, is there a trophy or something they play for boomer? Or I'm not quite sure, but, um, you know, so, and I'm looking at that. So there's going to be a lot of BYU fans at the game regardless as well. So it'll almost be like a Raider game playing in LA against the Chargers. It'll just be another home game. So nine points is not a lot. You know, it's only two scores. So I'm parlaying that in with the over 55 and the money line of Iowa. Play those together. Um, you know, a $2 bet is going to win you $11.90 or something like that, right? Where I put 20 on it. So I'll win a hundred. Basically I'll, I'll bring home a hundred bucks is what I'm going to bring home essentially at the end of the day. All right. All right. That's, that's, that's good detailed advice right there. I like it, Rob. Um, all right. Well, I, I've got a list here, you know, last week I had a couple that I, I still can't believe like the Wyoming and the Buffalo games ended up being really tight games. Did not see those coming at all. So um, I, I'm trying to like identify lines where I just think that's, that's really odd. Right. Um, another one that I missed last week was North Carolina, Georgia Tech, right? Yellow Jackets actually upset North Carolina uh, a week after they only lose to Clemson by six. Well, Georgia Tech is three and a half point dogs um, at home to Pittsburgh. Um, and I'm like, really? This is a team that, that just played two of the best teams in the ACC, went one on one. Um, one of them was, you know, uh, a good friend, Brett Seattle of Pick 6 Previews is, you know, uh, dark horse national title contender. And they are um, underdogs at home to Pittsburgh. What, what am I not understanding there? I don't get it. Um, and another one there is uh, Syracuse being a four and a half point dog to Florida State. Until Florida State proves to me that they can actually win a game, which very well might be this week. I, I just don't know if I'm going to, you know, you know, have them have to cover win by five. Right. I mean, I, I could easily buy that down. So there's a one, I just don't, don't see where that's at. And then another one that's really weird to me is uh, Arkansas uh, just coming off of beating Texas and Texas A&M boomer uh, now going to Georgia and um, at least again, they could be competitive 18 and a half point dogs uh, to the dogs um, I, I'm probably just going to avoid those games, even though I'm like 
wow, that looks like a, a, an opportunity. I just don't understand how those spreads are. So the ones that actually make more sense to me, USC um, covering against Colorado. I think Colorado is just not good enough. In, even though USC lost Oregon State, they're going to bounce back um, and, and beat a Colorado team that just can't score points. Um, and uh, another one I like, obviously, is the Alabama first half spread. I do not like Alabama overall, Rob, um, on the 14 and a half against Ole Miss, but um, I think you can get them at, at a, a, a touchdown in the first half probably. Um, and then uh, Army West Point. Uh, Army is only seven and a half point favorites to um, a Ball State. And Army is uh, kind of an um, uh, against the spread monster this year. Um, and so I like Army to, to do that. I might buy it down to seven to be on the safe side. Rob. Well, Dave, I know that one of your go-tos every week is the um, Alabama first half, right? I just mentioned it. You did. and But last week, did you take Alabama in the first half? Yeah, I think so. I probably bought it down and I won. Okay, so you did buy it down and win because it was like a almost a 24-point spread for the like first half spread, which, I mean, that's really high for a first half, no? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I can't remember. I have to go back and look. Uh, I almost always take it. And I think it almost always hits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and it did. I was just curious if, if it hit even then. If you, if you bought it down, I could see where it would. But it was, it was. Uh, I, I took a look at it because a lot of times I follow your advice on that too. And I just stayed away from it because I was thinking, oh man, that's a little rich for my blood with a 23 and a half, I think was what it was at, um, when I looked at it. So it's curious. What is, what is it this week? Do you, do you know? It's only seven and a half right now, and you oh. can probably buy that down to seven or six and a half. Pretty oh, I'm, I'm putting the mortgage on it. <laughs> I think Ole Miss might actually make it out an interesting game. Last year, that was a 63-48 shootout, um, one of the very first weeks of the, the delayed start of the season. Um, so I could see a high-scoring affair again on that one. Um, so maybe the over might be another tempting um, uh, pick on that game. Well, the over/under on that's like eighty or something in some yeah. places. That's well, a lot of points. Holy crap! But that's not impossible. So, yeah. No, well, I mean, I'm telling you, Saban isn't going to call off the dogs at any point, and Lane's going to be, you know, throwing the ball the last second, even if he's down thirty. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm probably not going to take the over, I guess. But boy, it should be fun to root for it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, um, it should be a good slate of games. Hopefully we can win some money. Um, but for now, let's call that a Go Big Betcast. Go Big Red. A Huda Media Production.